is worthy of our worship this morning. Amen. Would you stand with me, please? Let's turn to page number five. Page number five. You can sing this grand hymn with us this morning. Verses two, three, and four together. Page number five. Sing out on that second verse. Oh, tell of his might and sing of his grace. Whose robe is the light? Whose canopy space? His chariots of wrath, the deep thunder clouds form, and dark is his path on the wings of the storm. Thy bountiful care, what tongue can recite? It breathes in the air, it shines in the light, it streams from Good way to start out uh, the morning giving honor and praise to our God. Amen. Sure glad you're here uh, this morning, all four of you. Amen. And so, no, there's a few more than uh, that. And, of course, if you haven't heard, there's been quite a bit of uh, sickness uh, going around. And so certainly be careful of that. And some are getting over it. Some are uh, just getting it. And so uh, the faithful few are among us today. Amen. Uh, But I do know this, where two or three are gathered together in his name. Amen. He's right there in the midst of them and so thankful for that. Uh, Let's go to the Lord in prayer this this morning. Ask God's blessing on our uh, services. I'm going to ask Brother David Griffin if you would open us uh, in prayer. Amen. Won't you be seated uh, this morning? At this time, we're going to have a choir uh, special, All Things Well. life, an empty soul, 
How could he ever be made whole? He'd been deaf and dumb since birth. What could be his worth? Then Jesus came and took his hand. He loosed his ears, his tongue, and then he was free from what once bound. Now he runs and shares what he has found. He's done all things well, there can be no doubt. He has worked it out, and now I am not the same. He's done all things well, his power is so real, his mercy I can feel. I must go. I tried to work my plans I filled my days to meet demands But I found that led to pain Brokenness and guilt and shame Then Jesus came and took my hand One touch from the Savior And all the guilt and shame I've given him in time and again he's proven he's done all things well there can be no doubt he has worked it out and his grace has made the change he's done all things well his power is so real his mercy i can feel One touch from the Savior, and now I am not the same. Years in my affliction, and now life is rearranged. And if you were to ask me, here's what I would say. Though life isn't always easy, this one truth I can proclaim. He's done all things well. There can be no doubt. He has worked it out. And His grace has made the change. He's done all things well. His power is so real. His mercy I can feel. Aren't you thankful for our Lord and all that He does for us? Amen. Let's stand together, please. Turn to page 286. 
Page number 286, Saved by the Blood of the Crucified One. Page 286, sing it out on that first verse. Saved by the blood of the Crucified One, now ransomed from sin and a new work begun. Sing One. As the choir is coming down, the instruments are going to play. Let's get around and shake hands with each other this morning. Good to see each one of you here. Glad some are visiting with us today. We're glad you're here with us as well. Sing it out with me on that chorus now.
Now, with half the church missing from sickness today, it means you have to sing twice as loud, all right? So on that last verse, it says, all hail to the Father, all hail to the Son. He is worthy of our praise this morning, amen? Let's sing it out together. Saved by the blood of the crucified one, all hail to the Father, all hail to the Son, all hail to the Spirit, the great three in one, saved by the blood of the crucified one. Say, say, my sins are all pardoned, my guilt is all gone. Say, say, I am saved by the blood of the crucified one. If you're saved, say amen this morning. Praise the Lord. Brother Tim. As men come for the offering, I'd like to read to you from Hebrews chapter 13. He says in verse 12, Wherefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. Let us go therefore unto him without the camp, bearing his reproach. For here we have no continuing city, but we seek one to come. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Brother Whitney, would you pray for the offering this morning? Amen. You may be seated. Ladies, one of my favorite songs, I'm in the Glory Land Way, amen. Let's turn to page 674 for our last song together this morning, and I'll stand please. Page 674, When We See Christ. Oft times the day seems long, our trials hard to bear, we're tempted to complain. Christ will soon appear to catch his bride away. All tears forever over in God's eternal day. 
Somebody say amen this morning. Wonderful singing. I just want to say one more thing about that song. I always have to add this. It is worth it now. Amen. So serve the Lord now. Please remain standing. Get your Bibles ready for the message. Amen. What a blessing. Roll number seven uh, this morning. And all I could think about was all those people that are sick and not here this morning. We need to talk to them about the fact that they're not singing like they're supposed to. Because y'all sang just as loud this morning without them. That was awesome, so praise the Lord, but let's straighten things out, amen, when I get back, amen. We're sure praying for them, and uh, sure thankful that you're here uh, this morning, and what a blessing to hear God's people singing, amen. Romans chapter number 7, all right, and we're going to get into the second half of this uh, this morning, but did just want to mention this, the last time that we were here, 
uh, in the first half of, of chapter number 7, uh, we, we saw some things. We saw this, that the audience uh, has now changed in the book of Romans. Once again, Paul is addressing the, the Jewish believers here, those that have been saved, but then they have, they have turned back to the law in following the law in their lives rather than living for the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the challenge to them was this. Listen, we've got something far better than just religion. We've got a relationship with the God of heaven and earth through the Lord Jesus Christ. And we know this. That's not to say that we throw the Word of God out altogether. Even the law, he says in verse number uh, 12, it is still holy and just and good. So the Bible is still good. How are we to know who we have a relationship with or even how what is required in that relationship if we don't have the Word of God? So we've got to be careful about, you know, I realize we don't have a religion. We have a relationship. But you understand the crowd today that really buys into that stuff, they throw the Word of God out altogether and they begin to worship a God of their own vain imagination. Friend, we still have the Bible and it's still necessary to have in our lives, but it's also about walking in the newness of spirit and living unto Jesus Christ. And that's the point that Paul drives home in the passage. Now, let me tell you why all this is important. Look at, look at what happens in verse number 14 of our text this morning. He says, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. Amen. In bondage, right? And then he says this, For that which I do I allow not. For what I, w- for what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. Now, I'm just telling you, this is what, if I was taking notes, this is what I would write down. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. You know what he's talking about? He's talking about this conflict within the inner man. Look at what he goes on and says. He says this, if then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For the will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. For the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Now if I do that which I would not... It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Man, that's a lot right there, isn't it? I'll scramble your eggs, you go too fast. But here's what he's saying. There's things that I know that I'm supposed to do, but I don't do them. But the things that I'm supposed to not do, that's the things that I do. And so look at what he says then in verse 21. I find in a law that, that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God. After the inward man, but I see another law in my members. Watch this word. Warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity of the law of sin which was in my members. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? You see, friend, here's why it's so important that we have, we understand we have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. It's because there is a war going on inside of you and inside of me. And please catch this. And the only way to get victory over that war is not through religion. 
Look at what he says in verse 24, 25. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the sin, but with the flesh, excuse me, the law of sin. It's not in religion. It's in a right relationship with the God of heaven and earth through Jesus Christ. Here's what I titled the message this morning. Victory is only in Jesus Christ. It's not in the law. By the way, Gentile, it's, it's not in sin either. It's not in going back to the old life. No, friend, listen, you, you need Jesus just as much today as you did the day you called upon Him in salvation. That's where victory is at. Father, thank you for the day. Thank you, Lord, for just a, a wonderful spirit among God's people this morning. I pray that you'd be with those that aren't able to be here this morning and just so many texts and phone calls over the last few days and just been praying for our people that have been battling, Lord, with the sickness and things that are going on around us. We certainly pray that you would give grace and, and Lord, people would begin to heal up. Certainly those that are getting over it would continue to heal up. And Lord God, you would certainly stay the plague, as the Bible says, and, and Lord, and stop the sickness. And Lord, help us to be the people, uh, Lord, that you want us to be healthy and, and faithful and in your house. God, do be with them and be with us this morning that are here and those tuning in on live stream. And so, God, just use the message and speak to hearts. And God, certainly use me as your vessel this morning and even tonight. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated uh, this morning. <clears throat> I, uh, when I became the, the pastor there of Bible Baptist Church in, in Cassville, uh, Missouri, we uh, had this just really just a very wonderful couple uh, in the church that just came right alongside us and, and were just such a blessing in the ministry and so thankful they're still there. And even when Brother Vizi, Brother Don Vizi, who's the pastor there now, uh, just uh, came alongside them as well and just loved on them. Just fa- aren't, I'm just thankful for faithful families and churches, amen, and just a real blessing. And when I became pastor there, I noticed on the church prayer list, there was a man by the name of Jerome Ledford on the prayer list. And, and come to find out, it was this uh, lady, uh, this, uh, this couple, Anthony and Tammy Littleton. It was Miss Tammy's mom, or I'm sorry, Miss Tammy's dad. That, that, that's who this Jerome Ledford was, and he was on our prayer list. And he, had, he was on there for some health issues, but he was also on there because he was lost. and He had, he had never trusted Christ as his Savior. Over the period of time there, his pastor... Um, he had had, you know, cancer and it would come back on him and, uh, he would, you know, go and go through some rounds of chemo and things like that and ended up, he would get the cancer would go back into remission and, and we were just thankful for those times where God showed mercy and, and answered prayer and, and all throughout this, I would, I would go to Anthony and Tammy and I'd say, listen, if there's anything that I can do as, as your pastor, if I can go and visit Jerome uh, just let me know. I know you guys are witnessing to him and, and talking with him. I'd be glad to go and witness to him, to pray with him. Uh, any, anything that, that I can do. I, I knew he kind of had this, this mentality of, you know, I don't need religion. And he kind of had a disdain for preachers and, and things like that. And, of course, anytime Anthony and Tammy would talk to him about the things of the Lord, he would immediately just shut them down and, and reject the Lord. And, and it was really just a difficult you know, situation and a very sad uh, situation. And, and I guess I'd probably been there about eight or nine years and somewhere in that neighborhood. And Jerome's cancer 
uh, came back on him uh, again. And this time it came back with really just a vengeance and, and it just, you know, it got to the place where the doctors looked at him and said, there's, there's really nothing that we can do uh, now. It's just, it's going to take its course and, and we're sorry. And, and he was there in the hospital there. He was at Freeman Hospital there in Neosho, uh, Missouri. And I was about an hour away. And so Anthony and Tammy came to me and they said, Preacher, we'd like for you to go and visit uh, with my dad. And, and uh, you know, this is what the doctors have said. And, and so, he, you know, you need to go and, and talk with him. And I said, I, hey, I'd be honored to. And so it was a Monday morning. And I'll never forget this because we had just started a revival meeting. And the revival meeting that we were starting, the guest preacher, his father-in-law had died and so he couldn't be there for that Sunday. He was going to be there that Monday night. And so that Sunday I preached. And listen, when you get into a revival meeting, you're thinking, all right, everybody's going to be fired up. We're going to preach the Word of God. And they just came in and they were like, oh, it's you again. We're stuck with you, you know. And I was like, mercy. And it just, I, listen, so Monday morning I'm up and I'm getting ready to drive to Neosho and I'm praying and I'm crying and I'm pulling off on the side of the road and I'm getting my heart right with God, you know what I'm saying? And, and just praying for the meeting and I'm just burdened and broken and, and I'm driving to the hospital. And so I go, I go into the hospital and I walk into the room and Jerome's laying there in the hospital bed and his wife is across from him and his son uh, that's a former military guy, he's sitting in there. And I went in there and I just started talking with Jerome. And he knew who I was and, and, and uh, we started talking. And you could tell God was in it because no nurses or doctors came in. All right, and interrupt anything. And I, I'm starting to talk with him. And I, you know, and I started talking about the gospel and started quoting scripture and stuff. And it finally it just got to this point where I said, hey, listen. And I, I, remember, I remember the exact words I said. I said, look. I said, Jerome, I could go through all this stuff and I could show you the Romans roads and the plan of salvation. I said, but let me just... Let me just tell you what happened to me. And I began to give him my testimony of salvation and how God uh, dealt with me. And I called upon the name of the Lord and, and I got saved at the age of 20 and God changed my life. And man, I, you know, here I was, a welder and, and a wicked man and God just tra uh, transformed my life. And now, now, I've, now I get to pastor one of the Lord's churches and I just tell him all that. And I got ready, you know, and I prayed with him and I walked out of the room. And when I walked out of the room, I turned around. And his wife, Miss Betty, is following him and his son. And they're coming out of the room. And Miss Betty looks at me. And, you know, they're from South Georgia. And they just looked at me and she just said in her, her southern accent, I'm just going to let him chew on that. And I said, Amen. So we walked out of the hospital. And we were out there at the front of the hospital. I prayed with them and I left. As I was leaving, I passed Tammy driving into the hospital to visit her dad. I'm leaving and going down the highway. Here comes Miss Tammy. And come to find out what happened was as I was leaving... And she was coming, and his wife and his son were down at the first floor of the hospital. He did chew on that. And he called on the Lord, and he got saved. And three days later, praise God, he did, because three days later, he was in heaven with the Savior. And what a blessing that is. Now, let me tell you why I'm telling you all of that. And please don't misunderstand me this morning. I think it's important that the child of God know the Bible. I think it's important that we memorize Scripture. Somebody say amen. I, I think it's good that you and I can take the Bible and we can show somebody the Romans roads and, and how to be saved. But I also know this, that there are those times as the Lord leads where sometimes just giving your personal testimony has a tremendous impact on people. And you got to understand that when you and I get into chapter 7 and where we're at, 
right here. This is I, if you if you say anything about Romans chapter seven, most people realize or they begin to think about this passage of scripture right here, where Paul says the things that I don't want to I do and the things that I'm not supposed I do this and all of these things. And what he's doing is he's giving his personal testimony to those Jewish believers about the spiritual warfare. Not not the salvation that he had in his life, but now the spiritual warfare that he was dealing with as a child of God. And really what he's trying to get across to them is what I would say to you that we too not only must understand, but hopefully many of us already understand, and that's this, that spiritual victory and real peace and joy and satisfaction of the soul. It is only found in a right walk with God in Jesus Christ. And that's what Paul's trying to get across to them. Listen, you you can go back to the law if you want to, but my friend, what your soul is longing for, and the only way you're going to have victory over this spiritual war inside of you is that if you die to self and walk with Jesus Christ. I just was thinking about this, and, and I realized, again, Paul's dealing with Jewish believers here, and you and I be probably, most likely, everybody here be Gentiles. All right, so it's a little bit different audience, but I think that that's where you and I must step back and consider the bigger picture here of, of, of two, these two chapters together, meaning chapter 6 and chapter 7. And so, be in fact, we looked at this in, we re, in our review uh, last week, but in chapter 6... We saw where Paul is doing what I would say he's dealing with Gentile believers. These are folks that had, they had no concept of the God, of the God of the Bible or even the Bible of the God. They had no concept of these things, but yet now they are saved. And so therefore their life before their salvation, it was one of paganism and immorality. And so Paul's instruction to them was this, hey, you got to learn to die to self and die to the flesh. The old man is crucified with Christ, and we're now to live under Christ in the new man. And we, we listen, we've received this grace of God, watch this, so that sin can, can no more have dominion over you. So we've, we've been set free from that. And, and by the way, we need to do this in our lives because here's why. The end result of living in sin, it's not more grace, it's death. The wages of sin is death. That's what he concludes at the end of the chapter. But notice in, in chapter number 7, and again, just reviewing here, but, but I want you to grab a hold of this. Look at verse number 1 of chapter 7. He says, Know ye not, brethren? For I speak to them that know the law, how, the, how that the law hath dominion over a man as long as he liveth. Okay, so Paul is now speaking to the Jewish uh, believers and we understand this, and we saw this last week, and where sin had dominion over the lives of the Gentiles, the law has dominion over the lives of the Jews. However, this bondage is broken in death. So look at what he says in verse number 4. He says, Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that ye should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth the we should bring forth fruit unto God. And so again, now watch this. Just as the old man was crucified on the cross for the Gentiles, guess what? The old man's crucified on the cross for the Jews. Right? All right? And so the instruction to them was, again, 
to die to self and live unto Christ. Now, now watch this. Now, if anybody could relate to these Jewish believers, it was Paul. The Hebrew of Hebrews. The Pharisee of Pharisees. Circumcised the eighth day. Uh, uh, when you want to talk about zealous of the law, he persecuted the church. You, you want to talk about blameless, meaning this, that nobody can look at Paul in his public life and go, that's where you broke one of the commandments of God. Paul said, that, I, listen, I was blameless. I was blameless in the law. But let me tell you what also Paul said. Go, go with me to Philippians and, and look at chapter 3, just really quickly. Hold your place there in Romans 7. We'll come back to that in a couple of minutes or 45 or so or whatever. But look at Philippians chapter 3. So Paul would say that, man, I'm of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, a Pharisee, zealous of the law, blameless in the law. But in verse number 7 of Philippians chapter 3, here's what he says. But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for who? Yea, doubtless I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ my Lord, for whom I suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I may win Christ and be found in Him not having mine own righteousness which is of the law, but that which is through faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Oh, and I love this in verse 10, that I may know Him in the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings. Hey, look up here. I'm just telling you that Paul didn't stop his communication with God through the Lord Jesus Christ after he got saved on the road to Damascus. He kept going. You know what I believe Paul was saying here? I believe he was saying this, and I want you to listen to this. He was saying that whether you are a Jew or a Gentile, going back to an old life of sin or trying in vain to keep all the rules of religion... It will never satisfy your soul. It will not bring you peace with God and true joy in your life. The only thing that will bring those to your soul is not a thing at all. It's a person. And His name is Jesus Christ. Listen, and how true that is. Friend. Listen, over the years, I'm just telling you, I've seen people, watch this, I've seen people get away from the things of God and go out there into the world and then come back to the house of God and they're miserable because what they've been searching for and what their soul's been longing for, it's not out there. It's only found in Christ. And they come back in and they get back in the things of God and begin to serve God and praise God for that. But I've also seen those same people or even those who get saved and over a period of time there's this frustration that begins to build in them and this discontentment in the inner man. And here's why. Because you can come to church all you want to and you can dress right and you can carry a King James Bible, but friend, if you don't have a walk with God in your personal life and right fellowship with Him, you'll never get what you need. You'll never get it. Because it's only found in Him. It's only found in Him. And that is exactly what Paul is trying to drive home in this passage of Scripture. Let me, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why that is so very true. Here's why. It's because there's a conflict. There's a war. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, listen, I, as a Jewish believer, well acquainted with the law, 
and the Word of God. Paul testifies of this conflict within him from verses 14 all the way down to verses 20, uh, down to verse 23. What he knows to do as right, he at times doesn't do. And what he knows to do as wrong, he at times ends up doing. And this is the result of his flesh in the sin that's within him. And so look at verse number 22. He concludes right here. He says, For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. You know what he's saying? He's saying, In the spirit, in the inner man. Man, I love the word of God. I love it. I, I love it. I, I believe it to be, as he says there in oh, verse, number, uh, verse number 12, I believe it is, that the law is holy and the commandment holy and just and good. I believe the Word of God is the, is the words of God. And they're right and they're true and they're holy. And, and, and so I believe those things and I love those things. But there's something else going on in me. Look at what he says in verse 23. But I see another law, another principle in my members. Warring against the law of my mind. Bringing me into captivity to the law of sin. Which is in my members. So listen, I, man, in, in my heart and in my mind, I love the Word of God. But it's like, and I know, I know, there's, you know, my hand is not supposed to do that. But then... And I now realize that's a physical illustration, but it's a physical illustration of what's going on in here. This inward, this inward conflict, this warring. I like to use there, it's warring against me. I, I believe he summed it up in Galatians 5:17. He said this. He said, For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to another. It's like the Hatfield and McCoys. Going on inside me. And going on inside you. It's contrary. That's what it means. It means opposing. It means to be at war with one, one another. It means, it means conflict. Let me, let me just give you some things about this conflict. I would say, and I think he makes it clear right here, what the source of conflict is. It's the flesh. And he says, in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. Well, you know, I'm looking to be a better me. Well, good luck. You can read all the Joe Olstein books you want to. Puke. If you want to be deceived and lied to, amen. But I'm, I'm just telling you, it's the flesh. It is in the sinful lusts and desires of every person. The reason why, listen to this, you ever, you ever oh man, you, you, know, you ever watch the news and all you think, man, look at all the conflict. You know why there's all this outward conflict? Because there's all this inward conflict. You, you understand? And please, and please don't miss, listen, don't miss this. It's in lost man. Come on, I'm just, oh man. Why do, why do you think in Acts chapter 9, I love that Saul, who is Paul, he got saved. But when, when he's on his way to Damascus to persecute the church that was there, you, you understand, why do you think Jesus, when he shows up in, 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 in Acts chapter 9 and verse 5, and Paul says to Jesus, and he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. Listen to what he says. He says, It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. What, 
what, what, what is that? Has Paul been kicking cactuses? No, he's talking about this. Pricks. You know what he's talking about? He's talking about conviction. Let's not forget that, that when, when Stephen preached, mm, it's a long message all the way through Acts chapter 8. You do always resist the Holy Ghost. Son, he was flinging her down. He'd be Baptist. He wasn't pulling no punches. And when he got done preaching, and everybody threw their coats down, and went to Stone Stephen, the Bible says this, that they they, they, uh, left their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. Let Let me tell you who heard that message, Saul. Let me tell you who watched a man of God be stoned to death. Saul, I, I believe this. I believe this may have very well been one of the motivating factors within his soul as to I got to get out of here and go to Damascus and persecute them of that way. And Jesus shows up and says, it's hard for thee to kick against the pricks, isn't it? You know why? Because there was this warring going on in him. And he's fighting the truth that Jesus is the Savior and the Messiah and the one that fulfilled the law and the prophets. Oh, man, I'm telling you, listen, there was a war going on the night I got saved. I didn't believe in God, and I didn't believe the Bible, and I didn't believe in Jesus. I didn't believe none of this stuff. And I sat down with my father-in-law, and he showed me 1 Corinthians 15, how that Jesus died and was buried, and that he rose again the third day, and he was seen of the disciples, the apostles, and he was seen of Paul. He was seen of over 500 brethren, and some of them were alive at that time. And, man, I'm telling you, when I saw the truth of the Scriptures, I realized that I was a sinner, He is God and the Savior, and I'm on my way to hell. And this war started. And I listen, it was all over my face because my father-in-law looked at me and said, Son, you want to make a decision on this right now? And I went, No, sir. And though I said, No, I'm glad God didn't stop. And I got in my, and I got in my little pickup truck And I started driving from Pensacola all the way over to my little hometown in Pace, Florida. And I'm driving across there and I'm going down a nine mile road and and I'm stopping at every red light. And I didn't care if it was green or it was red because I didn't want somebody to die and run through there or somebody to run through there and crash into me and I was going to die and go to hell. I remember pulling up to my driveway and sitting in my driveway and the porch light came on and I went, oh, thank you. Because I didn't want to walk up to my porch in the dark. I was scared to death, man. I was going to die and go to hell. There was war going on. But I'm glad I got on my face that night and I called upon the name of the Lord and I got saved. And I'm telling you, friend, the victory was won in Jesus Christ. You might get what I'm saying? I'm telling you, friend, there's a war that's going on and a conflict in the flesh and in inner man, in the lost man. But it's also going on in the child of God. Hey, just because your salvation is settled in Jesus Christ... That battle is over, but there's more battles to be fought. Because the devil, if he can't get your soul, well, mark it down, he wants your testimony. He wants to ruin you so he can ruin everybody around you. And there's a war going on. You, if you don't believe there's a war this morning going on in your inner man, try doing something spiritual. Try praying. Try praying every day this week. Try, try praying for longer than five minutes over your meal, though. Try praying for an hour. It's amazing all the stuff that your flesh will come up with you to do besides pray. 
Stuff you hadn't thought of in years. You might even get the honeydew list out. I told you I was going to fix it. I just didn't say when. Try fasting. The forgotten doctrine of the Baptist. I remember I was fasting. We were fasting and praying one time and getting ready for a revival meeting. Um, and uh, I, we were in Cassville at the time. And Cassville is like the geographical oddity of the world. You're like in one hour from everything. And so I had to run an errand that day. And I actually took some time because there was a young lady in the church. It was a teenage girl and she was lost. And, and I was just really broken. And the Lord just really put her on my heart and mind. And so I decided, you know what, Lord, I'm... I know we're, we're just, we're, we're, I don't remember what we were fasting from that week. It might have been sweets or it might have been caffeine or something. But I just said, Lord, I'm just, I'm going to fast from everything, even food. And I had to run errands that day. And so I had to go down to Rogers, Arkansas, which was about 45 minutes, an hour away. And I'll never forget, man, I, it was about 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And I'm pulling into Rogers, Arkansas, down Highway 37. And, uh, or it was, I can't remember the highway, 37, anyways, it doesn't matter. I was pulling in, I got to the red light, and I'm sitting at the red light as you start getting into town, and to my left, across the highway, is a huge sign with McDonald's. And there is this cheeseburger on the sign. And my flesh is going, oh, you could stop. It's right up here on the right. And I, the light turns green, and I start driving off, and I'm like, what, am, what are you doing? I don't even like McDonald's. You don't, you don't think there's a conflict going on. Try doing something spiritual. And you'll find out, friend, there's a, there's a, flesh, there's a flesh inside of you that's going to oppose you. Every time you, try to do, every time you try to do something spiritual in your life, and please understand this, it affects everyone. It does. Listen, if the Apostle Paul experienced this, then you mark it down. You're going to experience this. And I, listen, I, and I understand, I, I realize, yes, we can certainly, you know, and I, I've heard all this nonsense. People talk about, well, you know, some commentators believe that, you know, Paul was actually talking about his life before salvation and all. I don't believe that to be true. I don't. I don't. Listen, I, I don't. I think it applies both to the lost and the saved. But I believe Paul was talking about his current life as a believer. I believe the context reveals that because he's dealing with Jewish believers in Rome, as we've already seen. But I also believe the grammar reveals that. None of this is past tense. And I've had people, I remember this one guy called me up one time and, 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 and I was pastoring in Cassville and asked me this. He said, you know, you know, I, I, I believe this, that you can reach, you know, sinless perfection. Do you believe that? And I was like, no. I said, I believe we can learn to sin less by living and walking victoriously daily in our life, but we're never going to reach that place of perfection. He was asking me all these questions about it. And then he began to reveal to me that this is what he believed. And he started quoting to me 1 Corinthians and stuff like, well, you know, we have the mind of Christ and all that. And I'm like, well, what you don't understand is the context. It's talking about the Spirit of God within us. And we have the Word of God who is the, who, uh, the Spirit of God authored the book. And so, li- listen, we can know 
what God expects of us. That's what that's talking about, having, having the mind of Christ. But you mark it down. There's still going to be conflict in doing it. And I took him to Romans chapter 7 and showed him that. And I took him to 1 John 1, 8 that says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. <laughs> Man, he looked at me and or he was on the phone. He said, and, and, and we're, I'm throwing all this stuff out. And then I said, hey, wait a minute. I said, let me ask you something. Why are you calling me and asking me all this stuff? And he said, well, you know, if I, if I want to join your church or whatever, I wanted to know what you believe. And I said, really? I said, where do you live at? And he said, Kansas City. There's a lot of crazy people in this area. I said, you're a liar. I said, that's three hours away from me. You're not calling up here to look to see if joining my church. You're calling up here to argue. You need to humble yourself and get right with God. And all I heard was click. I'm like, you wicked sinner, you hung up the phone on me. It's kind of like that old story with C.H. Spurgeon. And he was there with another preacher and preaching a conference. And the preacher that night got up and started talking about how a Christian can reach this place of sinless perfection in his life and how he had humbly attained that. He's so humble, he's proud of it, amen. And Spurgeon, he didn't say anything that night. He was scheduled to preach the next day. And so he got up and and the place that he was staying, some bed and breakfast or something like that, and he went down into the place where he's supposed to eat at and come to find out the same preacher was there. And so he came up behind the preacher and he grabbed a full jug of milk and dumped it on the preacher's head. And he quickly found out he hadn't reached sinless perfection. I'm just saying to you, friend, that every one of us, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you're a deacon in the church or the pastor or the Sunday school teacher or the bus worker or whoever. If you are in here and you are a body and a human, you're going to have this inward conflict in your life, this war going on within you. And did you know this? It's going to stay with you till you die. Or the Lord comes back for us. It's just going to be there. I mean, that's why we sang the song this morning, when we see Christ. It'll be worth it all when we see Christ. And, and the big reason for that, one of the big reasons for that is because that conflict will finally be over. But it's just always going to be there. And don't get me wrong, there's going to be some things you'll win victory over and never battle it again. Glory, hallelujah. But there'll be some things you're going to have to war the rest of your life. Heard a story one time about a young preacher going to an older preacher. And uh, the young preacher, he was dealing with, battling with, with, with lust and battling with struggles in his flesh and in his heart and, and, and thoughts in his mind. And so he went to the older preacher that was in his late 70s, getting ready to retire. And he asked the older preacher, he said, do you ever get to this place where you no longer have these kinds of battles? And he was expecting to hear an age in the preacher that, that it's finally over. And the preacher looked at him and said... I don't know. When I get there, I'll let you know. I'm just saying to you, friend, it's going, there are things in our life that we're going to battle. There's warring in our members. There is conflict. But here's the point of the text. It's not just to show us the conflict. It's to show us how to deal with it. And the cure is this, Jesus Christ. That's the cure. Look at what happens in verse 24. 
after giving us personal testimony, Paul rightly testifies, Oh, wretched man that, that I am. Listen, we're all wretched because of the flesh and the sin within us. But then he asks and says, Who shall deliver me from this body of death? And please note, he didn't ask what. He said who. Because it's, it's, it's not the law. It, it, it's in a person. And he says, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the, the law of sin. Listen, friend, whether it be the rapture of the saints or the soul in death, He's going to deliver us. But, but please catch this. But He's also the one that delivers us from the inner conflict right now. The, pro- the problem is this. Please, please catch this. I, I realize the truth of the conflict, but the problem is this, how we're dealing with it. And this is what lost man does. See, lost man, li- listen, he fills up, he fills up his life with things trying to cope with the inner conflict within him. He fills it up with sin and addictions. Listen, man, I'm telling you, that, that's the day. Alcohol and drug use, it is running rampant. Why? Because people are trying to deal with their inner conflict. And the next day when it wears off, and it obviously hasn't satisfied the soul, they go right back to it. And, and, or, or he tries to fill it up with money and material possessions, yet there's still turmoil in the inner man. He's not satisfied. The money that he thought would buy him happiness, it doesn't. Or, or, or he fills it up with religion. Baptisms and catechisms, and he turns over a new leaf in his life and tries to do right. But what he finds out is that the leaf's still dirty on one side. And there's still this inner conflict. And it's not satisfying his soul. And he goes right back to the old ways. And after just a few months or a few weeks. Did you know this? There's there's only one way to have peace with the God of heaven and earth. And it's not through religion and it's not through the sinfulness and the wickedness of this world. Paul made it clear in Romans chapter 5 in verse 1. Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Why do you think it is? You know how many times I've seen somebody call upon the name of the Lord. God sitting in my office and sitting in the chair. And man, he's just in turmoil and under conviction. And he gets on his face and calls out to God, weeping and, and bearing out his soul and asks God to forgive him. And he gets up and wipes tears from his eyes and goes, Wow. I had one, one guy say to him, I wish I'd done that years ago. You know what that's called? Peace. And the only way you're going to get it is through Jesus Christ. Is everybody catching that? It's the only way you're going to get it. You're sitting in here this morning, got inner conflict dealing with you, and you've been wrestling with God for who knows how long and dealing with stuff in your own soul and in your own life, sometimes things that nobody else knows about. But let me tell you who does know about it. 
And the only way you're ever going to get victory in your life and finally get to this place where you have joy again, you have peace in your life, and you have peace with God, it is to humble yourself and come to Jesus Christ by faith, repentance toward God and faith in Him, and He'll forgive you, and He'll restore, listen, He'll bring, I'm telling you, He will change you and make you a child of the King. You don't have to worry about the other side of the leaf because He cleanses you all the way through with the blood of Jesus Christ. Man, you can rest and have your soul resting in Him. What a blessing that is. But let me tell you something, because here's what happens. A saved man receives Christ as a Savior. He enjoys this mercy, this newfound peace. He's excited about it, or she's excited about it. But then a couple of weeks go by, and there's this conflict again. thought I solved that. I thought it's done. And they start thinking, well, maybe, maybe this is not, this, it didn't work. I, I guess I'm going to go back to the old things. I'm giving up. And if it's the Jew, it's back to the law. But if it's the Gentile, it's back to sin and immorality. But what you find is this, is that when you go back to the old life, it it too doesn't solve that conflict. Why is that, preacher? Why is it like that in my soul and in my life that I'm dealing with this conflict? Well, because you've got to go back to the cure. You know, John 1.8 makes it clear. Listen, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. He's talking to believers. So he makes it clear that we, you, you can be saved this morning. But you still got sin in your life. But aren't you glad for 1 John 1 9? <laughs> that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, what, what are you trying to get across, preacher? Here's, here's what I'm trying to tell you this morning. Not, not only does He resolve the conflict for the lost who need to be saved, but He also resolves the conflict for the saved. I said this a moment ago, and I'm going to end with this this morning. You need Jesus Christ now, just as much now as you did the day you called on Him. It's, listen, it's, it's not, it's, it's not, do you have conflict this morning? Because we all have it. The the question is this. How are you dealing with it? Because Paul knew the one that delivered him and that continues to deliver him. And he would go to him for deliverance. And that's what you and I got to do. Let's all stand.